0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Formula One-on-One podcast. My name is Justin, and along with my co-host, Sashwat, we're going to be taking you guys through the Austrian GP that is occurring this weekend. It's my favorite track on the calendar, uh, mostly because, you know, it's a Red Bull track, and it's where the Red Bull team is based out of. So as always, please follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at F1on1Pod. Those are the numbers one, and rate us five stars on whatever listening platform you're on. Sasha, I know we talk about it all the time, you know, me and you always racing in F1 2021 Austria is probably the track we've raced at least at least 50% of our laps on like we, we do it at Austria.
1: Yeah, um, I think this is by far and away the most played track we have, Justin. I mean, what is it's it? the I easiest one to learn. That is true. I mean, it has the least amount of turns. The turns are not overly complex. It's a good mix of heavy braking into, you know, up the hill into turn three. But there's also like the fast corners in turns five and six. Uh, You have like the 910 complex, the double right hander. Uh, I know you're thinking right now of how you do it in gears, uh, because that's how you remember your turns. Uh, I'm a more numbers guy because I am a dirty controller player. I am not a wheel and pedal Chad like you are. um... (laughs) Well, I honestly, thank you. Thank you for that. But, um, no, I I think it's a fun circuit, Justin. I mean, you know, 71 laps around here is always very fun, whether there's weather involved, whether there's just drivers kind of bonking into each other. We we will definitely talk about a certain driver who hates another driver here, especially later on. Maybe in the safety This guy such a sore loser. He is. He is a very... He, he potentially is a very sore loser. But, um, you know, I, I think we've always had good racing here, Justin. I mean, nothing like... know too crazy and this year we even have a sprint race here so i guess we'll have some discussion about that oh wait we have um, a sprint race this weekend
0: yes we do oh this is this is the first i'm hearing of it okay that's actually fantastic the more racing at austria the better imo also i just feel like austria is just one of those tracks that in general you have so much fun with at every weekend Mm because there's always like some sort of battle going on just because of like how much these long drs straights play into it there's always battles happening and the track is short enough. Um, I mean, like what the quality laps are going to be. Well, we don't I don't really know what the quality laps will be with the new red cars. But like in F1 2021, you know, 103 is It's a really short track. So there's always action somewhere on the track on like a track like Spa. That's, you know, a really long track takes a while to get around. You kind of build a gap between everyone. So I am very excited for this weekend. And I do think a sprint race here is like if if I had to choose whether there are sprint races or aren't. And, you know, they're giving me the opportunity for where I get to have them. I would absolutely choose Austria every single time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, like you said, lap times are pretty short around here. Last year, Max Verstappen pole position during the Austrian GP was a 103.7. Oh my um, God. So, you know, pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, you know, the the slowest time in Q3 was 10th place Stroll with a 104.6. So like even the slowest times... <laughs> on the game yeah you are um but you know I, I think like you said it's always a fun track i mean i think this is one of the coolest tracks justin i mean just cuz of like that big bull they have in the middle like what is it bronze in the middle and it's like it has mm-hmm. like the arch over it i know you have a hat that's like the the austrian gp red bull hat i think it's really No cool it's hat. not I
0: mean, even the it's just the red bull team hat this year like they have the oh, bull wow. statue on it yeah
1: well, that's dope. which makes sense. Yeah. No, it's
0: the Red Bull ring. It's where their headquarters exactly. are. It makes sense for them to like really embrace that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that it's like, I think it's very cool. I, I I don't think there's much more I can say. I mean, the grandstand kind of going up the main street is always cool. I mean, you know, as much as like, I am not a Max Verstappen fan.
0: Oh, the um, orange wave. At any
1: stage the orange wave like last year when you see like obviously max is red like any red bull fan loves max but also like the way the dutch fans come to austria to support him it's absolutely insane it's almost like a second home race for him as a driver individually i would say not even just like the team's home race um and it's just super cool right like even um what was it i think it was last year right that like crofty delivered one of his like iconic commentary lines maybe it was in 2020 he was like um, like he came or like they came, they saw, but he conquered when Max won by like 20 plus seconds, uh,
0: oh. in one of the
1: Austria races last year. Yeah. I remember um, that. You know, it's, it's always just like fun. I mean, I think it's an exciting atmosphere. It's always great when we're racing at a team's home race. Um, there's always just that added like crowd effect, right? Like we saw it yeah, last like week. Silverstone, Silverstone. Yeah exactly right like people always say this like the crowd of, or i think nigel mansell said what like the crowd advantage is worth at least like two or three tenths per lap or something like that um <laughs> and it's it's always been true for max i mean i think this has been a good track for him in the past uh racing here he's won what i think three times i think he won once in 2019 he won once in 2021 I, or maybe he's, he's won multiple times here that's that's as far as i know but um yeah, I mean I, I, think I remember we get into any of that. Didn didn't, didn't oh, yeah, sorry, okay, so
0: the, the COVID pandemic season, uh mm-hmm. the first race was at Austria and I just remember mm-hmm. his powertrain going out on like the very first lap, and I was yeah. like, Oh my god, this is gonna be a long season. And then it ended up yeah. being fine. Yeah, but I mean
1: yeah. Also I, just again, like he did fine.
0: Yeah. I I know we talked about the fans and, like the orange wave, but whenever I see like giant crowds and stuff with you know how they always have like those smoke bombs with like the yes. colored smoke and it like completely covers the like how are people not freaking out or like you know it's a bunch of smoke and they're just like straight inhaling it aren't they yeah
1: i mean i like
0: like i feel I like i see that all like the time how... at like sports stadiums and stuff mm-hmm. like not here in america yeah. obviously but like i mm-hmm. feel like Premier league teams i see it sometimes especially in, when i watch like south american soccer dude it's all that's yeah like, i mean like they, just, they use it so casually yeah. yeah those flares i mean like
1: as stupid as this is gonna be like i guess the air kind of like like carries it up. like it's hot air right so it rises but at the same time like <laughs> but yeah still, like, you do get hit by the smoke it's like, it's like really around a campfire right like you're gonna get like hit in the face with smoke at some point or another i feel like it's just kind of like the I guess the trade-off that you make—you um, get a Max Verstappen win, but perhaps you'll inhale some like colored smoke. I—I um, <laughs> I don't know if that's like actually a, a thing. Or, you really um, get the
0: orange Dutch spirit into you, I guess. Exactly,
1: exactly. Um, but I guess before we jump into anything like too detailed, more than we have probably would we would you like to give our listeners a nice little update after Silverstone, even though it's only been a few days?
0: Oh yeah, of course. I—I I feel like we have. I haven't had to do one of these so close to like the checkered flag episode since we've had so many in a row that it feels weird to give a standings mm-hmm. update since we literally recorded an episode like two days ago but yeah wdc max verstappen p1 my goat 181 points Checo P 2 147 charles leclerc at 138 carlos signs with his maiden win is at 127 rounding out the top five is george russell with 111 then for the constructors we have red bull way clear at 328 Ferrari 265 Mercedes 204 McLaren 73 Alpine 67 Alfa Romeo 51 Alfa Atari 27 Haas 20 Aston Martin 18 and Williams at three so a potential shake-up this weekend between Alpine and McLaren if McLaren underperforms and Alpine continues their consistency of just getting some points every race
1: yeah I know uh we will talk about this later Justin I, I made a note about it later in the document but uh McLaren underperforming kind of doesn't seem like an if anymore. It kind of seems like an inevitability. Yeah, uh, I mean, we're like Ricciardo. halfway through the
0: season, yeah.
1: Yeah, um, but we'll we'll talk about it when we get to that. Um, but to jump into the circuit analysis, I mean, we've mentioned it before, but this is 71 laps around a 4.318 kilometer or 2.699 mile circuit. It is one of the shorter circuits on the calendar. I believe this is the second or I think it's joint second most laps we ever have at, or no, I guess joint third most laps we ever had. I believe Mexico city circuit has, or Mexico like Autodromo Armanos Rodriguez is 72 laps. And then obviously Monaco is 78 laps. Um, First time we raced here at, as it was then called the Osterreich ring was in 1969. uh, But the Austrian GP at the Red Bull ring has officially only been on the calendar since 2014 the last two years in 2020 and 2021, due to COVID issues, we had two races here, the Austrian and Styrian Grands Prix. Um, you know, they've always been doubleheaders whenever they happen. I think they've been good races. Red Bull Ring is always a great track. Um, it's undergone a lot of name changes, design shifts, and layout modifications to reach the, uh, the track that we race on today. But I think Justin, you would agree that this is a pretty like well-designed track in terms of like what it offers for racing, the placement of the DRS zones, kind of just like the overall flow and feel of how, uh, drivers like it. Right.
0: Yeah, I think so. And one of the things that I think is like super cool about this track is how few turns there are. Like there's Mm -hmm. only 10 turns and turn two is up the hill. Like the thing that's like. If anyone's ever played the F1 game, right after you go past turn one and you're going all the way up the hill to the one like turn that you have to break super hard on, that turn where you have to break super hard is actually turn three. Turn two is like that tiny little, you know, shift to the left you do before you get there. But it's like you take it flat out and you don't even realize it's a turn. But that like kind of makes me wonder is this is that the only spot in all of the F1 calendar where there's a DRS zone through a turn? Um. Does Jeddah not
1: have DRS through turns? Like, oh, like they definitely turn, quote do. unquote.
0: Probably. Yeah,
1: I guess like technically that. I'm. It's just to something
0: you don't see very often, which I guess is yeah. kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think you're actually right. I think that might be the one of one or two only spots on the F1 calendar that has DRS through a turn. I I'll mean, take, oh no, because Sing- Singapore doesn't have. Yeah, because Singapore, the Raffles Boulevard straight isn't a turn technically. Um, I'm trying to think of like other straights. Now that now that you mentioned it, this is a good question. Um,
0: oh man, that would have been good trivia. Um, yeah, oh yeah, true. okay. So so Jeddah does have it actually. Uh, all but so they have three DRS zones and yeah, uh, only one of them doesn't have a turn in it. Oh
1: okay okay I gotcha.
0: Yeah, I think I think then Jeddah might be the only other track where officially
1: a turn is found inside a DRS zone because. Obviously, it can be very dangerous to be turning when you have lower downforce and are going very, very fast. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: But aside from that tangent, Justin, you can continue, I guess, whatever you were. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, that's kind of just like what I wanted to say. There's there's so many overtaking spots on this Mm -hmm. track just because, you know, there is so much DRS. Like I, I don't know the exact percentage, but like it's along the main straight. And then right after, you know, turn one up to turn three, that's a DRS zone. And then that really long straight, like the back straight from three to four is another DRS zone. So Mm -hmm. you can overtake very easily at any one of those straights. Uh, As we know, Alex Albon attempted overtaking Lewis Hamilton on the outside of turn four in 2020, Mm -hmm. I believe. And that obviously did not go well for him. But we do know that overtakes happen there all the time. It happened with uh, Charles Leclerc and Checo Perez last year. So Mm -hmm. it is a very cool spot to see overtakes. Other than that, I don't think there's much places to overtake, mostly because that already covers like 65% of the lap already. (laughs) So like, you know, what more could you possibly ask for? I I know this track Mm -hmm. gets criticized a lot because they say it is too easy to overtake, which I can understand. I mean, if you're in a car that's faster in a straight line, and you have drs like there is no way you're not going to be able to lap faster than the car in front of you Mm -hmm. but also then i feel like you know it's it highlights one of the important parts of f1 it is a track that very heavily advent advantage how do you use advantage as a verb it's a it's a track that is very advantageous what like it's a track that favors wherever you were going oh yeah duh obviously um so, yeah, it's a track that favors cars that are built for like very like high straight line speeds, which, as we all know, this this season is the Red Bull. But I'm sure there are other tracks that benefit, you know, cars that have slower turning mm-hmm. abilities like Ferrari. And uh. well, I was going to say Imola because like that would be a good <laughs> yeah. example, except for the fact that, <laughs> you know, Imola didn't really go Ferrari's, Ferrari's way, way. But if they uh, if they weren't dumb, then maybe it would have gone better. But yeah, Yeah. I just really like this track because um, it's just a fun one. I think it's not anything that's overly technical. The drivers all seem to enjoy it. I mean, like we were mentioning, it's just very, very easy to do. So I feel like you get sometimes better racing out of it, even though obviously a lot of those overtakes aren't the most like flashy things in the world. It's just, you know, very good racing, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, like you said, with these DRS zones being good overtaking spots as well. I mean, just to touch on like the not DRS zone part of the tracks. I mean, I feel like cars like the Ferrari that we know are good in corners. Um, you know, drivers who are more technically capable and adept can really utilize that chance, especially with these new regs that allow you to follow and race more closely. Like perhaps we will see some. Uh, cars going, like, too wide around turn six or something, right? Like, maybe there will be more of those on-track battles that are a lot more close that we maybe didn't see in past years. Um, but kind of returning to the DRS zones and being an overtake-friendly track, I think this is the first track, Justin, we've seen that is, like, even last year. Because last year we did Silverstone. Um, where else did we have a sprint? Silverstone. Uh, oh, no, Wait, wait where do- Silverstone, Brazil, and where was the other one? There was a third one last year. Was it also an Imola? Was it last year? I was gonna say I think it's Imola. I think it was Imola last year. Um, or wait, was it? I know Brazil. No, I'm like
0: I'm like 99 No, Monza. It was Monza. It was Monza last year. Imola was this year, and because we were complaining about how dumb of a track it was for a sprint to be held.
1: Exactly, and I feel like for once we finally have a track at Red Bull Ring, which is conducive to overtaking. So like we might actually have a good sprint, or like the point of the sprint race might actually be fulfilled, right? Like we might see cars. We, you get to see like a third of the race. So like, what is seventy-one divided by three? I can't do math like fast in my head. Like twenty something, twenty-seven. Seventy-one lap. No, divided no, 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 by three is
0: twenty-three point six.
1: Twenty-three. So I'm gonna assume it'll be a twenty-four lap sprint race. Um, I feel like in twenty-four laps, a lot can happen, right? DRS gets activated on lap three, like. The cars that we know like the Red Bull, maybe if they have a bad Friday qualifying, you know, we'll
0: see them make up a lot of places. If if the Red Bulls have a bad Friday qualifying, they're not going to. I'm sorry, but like there's no this is one of those tracks that I feel like even if Red Bull fielded like two very poor drivers, there's no way they couldn't easily like get pole here because their car, I think, just outperforms every other car so much more. But as we will get into in a little bit with these flexi floor rulings, (laughs) uh, we don't really know if that's going to affect either the Ferrari or the Red Bull. But we'll we'll get into that when we cover some other updates around the F1 world. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, but like you said, Justin, I mean, this track is built for cars that are good in a straight line Red Bull at the Red Bull ring. It seems like this should go their way. I mean, I know we had something, we said something similar, Dustin, um, when we got to Baku, when we were doing that formation lap episode, when we saw these long straights, you know, three plus kilometers of straight, and we were like, oh, this will be a cakewalk for the Red Bulls. Like they will be like far clear and away the pole position car. They will be far clear and away the race leading car, and. That did not exact, exactly happen, right? Like we saw Charles Leclerc take pole that weekend in Azerbaijan, obviously both Ferraris DNF'd. So, you know, kind of up to speculation as to how that race might have played out. But, you know, again... I, I I don't know, maybe, maybe this track is different, right? Like, I don't want to be cliche about it, but maybe it's different. Maybe that was just a one-off thing, right? Because Baku does have some of those very challenging, technical, slow corners that we know the Ferrari excels in. Um, not many of which are found here in Austria, right? In the hills of Styria. So maybe this is Red Bull's weekend. I mean, I think this will be Red Bull's weekend, Justin, you know there are no points for the quali, but there are a lot of points up for grabs at sprint, right? You get eight points. If you finish first, you get seven points. If you finish second, so on and so forth until the eight top eight get points. But, you know, I don't know, Justin, it's very hard to see a situation in which, you know, bar a DNF or an incident or some sort of collision or accident, right? That Red Bull do not walk away from this, uh, from this weekend with 15 points on Saturday and then
0: 44 points on Sunday. Right. (laughs) Wow. You're calm. And, I know you're very confident in this because we have an F1 Fantasy League. We we okay. update it every week in our group chat with like who's leading, who overtook mm-hmm. some other people. It's it's good fun. And you've been saving your Mega Driver for this yes. race specifically because I, I think you're using it on checkout because you don't want to go over budget and get max. But like yeah. the Red Bull, you're that confident in that you've been waiting, sitting on rubbing your hands together to use your mega driver finally in Austria Mm -hmm. like
1: here's my issue right I mean the only other place I maybe could have like considered using it was Charles in Monaco and thank god I did not
0: Um, oh yeah that
1: would have been so disastrous right because like you know as bad as Charles luck has been in Monaco you know maybe this year was kind of shaping up to be his year right like car was performing well, like things were going well. And he did take pole on Saturday, like the race was his and then, you know, Ferrari bamboozled him. And unfortunately, I do not see that trend slowing down. Um, You know, (laughs) we'll talk about it again later. I I feel like we're saying we're going to talk about a lot of things later. But we will truly talk about this later in that like, Ferrari have been kind of a mess. There's a lot of interesting news coming out of their camp in terms of what the team dynamic is like right now what the morale is right now, you know, what Charles Leclerc is really feeling like right now. Um, But Justin, like you said, I have been saving this card, this mega driver, which is three x points once in the first half of the season for Red Bull ring, as soon as I realized the Red Bulls were amazing in a straight line. And yes, I'm going to use it on Checo. And I I feel very optimistic about it. Um, I guess the only thing that can really slow me down is like I said, something that's kind of outside of the car performances control, right? Like if Checo gets like hit by someone or if the car decides to break apart um so again i feel confident in it i feel justin as a red bull fan like you should also feel confident right like i do Ferrari. feel very
0: confident i mean i was looking at every single track on the calendar this year i think mm-hmm. barring maybe monza this is the one i'm most confident in just because monza's mm-hmm. like so fast like at every yeah. single point of the track minus turn ones and two like, yeah, I, I am very, very confident that this should be a knockout of the park for Red Bull. And mm-hmm. I mean, if they get anything besides a one to do, I feel like it would be a little bit of a disappointment. And you never know with right. reliability these days, obviously. But I, I do right. think that this one should be a slam dunk for them. And they shouldn't really even have to worry about anyone in their rearview mirror. I mean, obviously, Ferrari ended up winning last week, which not I don't think I expected it. I kind of no. thought that Silverstone would be in the bag for Red Bull. So it shows that there's always some possibility, I guess. But this is one of those tracks where it's like you look at the track, you see how long those straights are. You remember how much faster Red Bull is than everyone else on the straights. And you're like, mm-hmm. okay, this one is like, it's probably not even going to be that close. And I honestly feel like we might see some some of those other teams that are in the midfield that have like faster cars, in general like in Mm -hmm. straight lines uh but just like aren't fast enough compared to you know the ferrari and we might see them have like this kind of good push i feel like the mclaren maybe might have a good weekend this weekend because we know the mclaren struggles with lower speed and medium speed corners and you know we have some lower speed medium speed corners at this track but like we've been saying like 60 or 65 percent of it is like just flat out go up to eighth gear and then just wait yeah i mean you know
1: McLaren have had their fair share of struggles this year Justin I mean not least due to one of their drivers underperforming and maybe one of their drivers kind of we, we don't need to talk about him anymore yeah we don't I we've said all we need to say about uh yeah Daniel but we're Ricardo. gonna talk about him on Sunday again so <laughs> yeah unfortunately we will but um you know I guess just like a quick update uh, just because the weekend is changed around a little bit. We only have two practice sessions this weekend. Practice one will be on Friday, immediately followed by the traditional you know Q1, Q2, Q3 on Friday. Um, practice two on Saturday morning, sprint race on Saturday late morning, early afternoon, depending on where you are, I guess, and then race as normal on Sunday. I think this will be a very good weekend, Justin. Like you said, the more racing here at Red Bull Ring, the better. I think we will really, really see which cars, <laughs> cough, cough, Red Bull uh, really excel at this track, maybe get a little bit of that home race buff. I don't know, Justin, I feel like there's not really much more to say about this circuit, right? Like it's, well, I mean, up obviously the... you want
0: to do your, your very famous safety section as always. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we don't really have like any major updates, I guess in terms of safety, right? Like I think this is a track like Justin, you see this on the F1 game. So I, I think you'll know this better. Like when you're getting up to turn one, when you're getting up to turn three, you see how massive those runoff areas are. Like, that's ins- that's an absurd amount of room. Um, I-, I don't think there's anything really to talk about besides like, the Hamilton-Albon incident last year, where Hamilton kind of bonked Alex Albon off the track. The gravel trap kind of slowed Albon's car down. But I don't think it was a slow corner. Anyway, they were exiting turn four, kind of going into turn five. So it was never really going to be a major, major incident. But at the same time, like, it does its job. I think Austria does a very good job with gravel traps, having extremely large runoff areas to compensate for those extremely long straights that they have, um, you know, three of which they have on this circuit. But yeah, I, I don't really have much else to add for safety. Like there haven't been any major, major incidents unless I'm forgetting
0: about something uh, that you that you remember have in mind. Mm, I Yeah, I don't really have any like major like there's nothing that's like cops level or like, yeah. you know baku with the red bulls or barcelona with the mm-hmm. in 2016 so i i don't think it's one of those tracks that right. you really have to worry about that as much especially because it's like one of those tracks that is like kind of designed for f1 cars it feels like mm-hmm. so yeah you know you have those safety kind of ideas in mind when you're designing it yeah
1: i know like <laughs> one thing that did get brought up to us, and i know i texted you about this a few months ago um but recently or maybe not so recently i think the last, I think that's the same time that F1 has been there. The Red Bull ring has also been doing MotoGP races. And there was a proposal for the MotoGP race to add a chicane on the main straight, like the straight between turns one and three, like halfway through it to like keep drivers safe or like the the motorcycle riders safe. And a lot of people were freaking out because they were like, Oh, what if they bring it to F1? And I don't know, a a chicane on the middle of that straight, I feel like would completely ruin the entire flow and like, what makes this track so fun to watch, I would say.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't really think it's necessary. I know exactly which one you're talking about, and it reminded me of, like, the Monza Mm 1-2, except it was you turn left and then right at the one that they proposed. But, yeah, I feel like it would throw off the whole flow of the track because it's just this long straight uphill up to, like, a really, really quick break down to second, like, and this, like, super awkward turn in to Mm -hmm. the 3-4 straight. It's very sharp. Yeah, it's very sharp, which I think is like super entertaining. It's very easy to like spin your car Mm -hmm. out if you get on the gas too early. So yeah, I feel like by adding that chicane, you kind of take out a lot of that risk because you probably won't even get to those speeds anyway.
1: Yeah. um, But at the same time, like, you know, (laughs) watching that main straight, Justin, is very fun. You'll see cars, you know, that rear wing opens up and then you'll just see cars flying down that straight, right? Like, oh, yeah, definitely. Like you said, Monza vibes. I think that's what makes racing fun. Like. Wow, cars going fast is fun. Who would have thought, right? But, um, you know, I I think that's kind of all I
0: have for circuit analysis, Justin, unless you have something else you would like to add. No, I don't think. Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it's a pretty straightforward track, so, like, there's not too much to talk about, so we can (laughs) get into your other update section, because as I briefly alluded to earlier, the flexi floor that you are so... Up in shambles about. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I was pretty clear about how I felt about the flexi floor or well, like why it was allowed. Um, have you so talked just about it on those the podcast? Like I know me and you no, have no, talked no, about it like very extensively, but have you given your, you, you can give your no, opinion. No, no, no. This okay, is okay. this is
1: like because this is the first time we're like we have like an actual directive from the FIA. So basically, for those of you who don't know, there was a kind of press release slash pseudo technical directive from the FIA saying that the Red Bull and Mercedes cars were or Red Bull and Ferrari cars, excuse me, were using some sort of loophole in the regulations to allow their floors on their car to flex more, um, which, Justin, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but like allows them to run the car lower while also having a higher rake so their performance is higher i feel like that's the combination of words
0: that like yeah i think i think that's good it also like for like the simplest most high level explanation it helps Mm -hmm. them not porpoise
1: yeah and like even still we saw the ferrari porpoise but then the moment it gets into the corners it like locks down onto the ground. Um, and basically the FIA regulation said that your floor can't flex more than two millimeters and the Red Bull and Ferrari cars were demonstrated to have floors flexing by up to six millimeters. Um, so, you know, you can be kind of up in arms about this as I was kind of satirically or jokingly saying that, oh, well, haha, look again, Red Bull and, and Ferrari cheating as per usual and Mercedes making the fastest legal car, but in truth this is not Red Bull or Ferrari's fault, really. This is the FIA's fault for poorly writing rules and honestly not having engineers be the ones that write the rules or, like, former F1 engineers be the ones that write the rules, right? Like, I don't know what the FIA was thinking when they're doing this or just when they're writing regulations in in general, right? Because, you know, last week, Justin, I think it was on the formation lap at Silverstone, right? We talked about how... It is the job of team principals to kind of get mad at everything, shit stir, kind of stir that pot, be angry, be impression farmers effectively, and make sure their voices are kind of always heard and get their team's viewpoint across because at the end of the day, they want regulations that benefit their team, right? When the FIA releases regulations, I feel like they should have some sort of expectation that all of these teams, the moment that document is released, are going to have a team or maybe like a small army of people pouring through every word, every sentence, every punctuation mark that is on those pages, finding any and all loopholes that allow them to extract even the hundredth or a thousandth of a second of performance, because those are the margins we deal with in F1, right? So, like, as a fan, as an objective fan, you cannot be mad about this, in my opinion. Because, yeah, while it's frustrating that Red Bull and Ferrari have been so far and away the best two cars, like, it's the FIA's fault for not writing regulations properly or eliminating these loopholes that they should have known teams will take advantage of right like we saw it in 2020 right justin the mercedes had das you know if you unless you tell a team they can't do something they are going to do it um and i just think that's what this situation is i think this is like again this is the fia's fault completely so i just feel like you know it's good that they're kind of cracking down retrospectively on this but it should have never happened. And this is just on the FIA to hopefully learn from their mistakes and write a better set of regulations for next year. Um, in terms of actually when this goes into effect, the floors are not going to be corrected for Austria. The first weekend that the FIA will actually start scrutineering for this specific uh, regulation is the French GP on July, I guess, 22nd is when that weekend starts. So yes. expect updates then. But for this weekend, don't really expect the red bull and ferrari to suddenly be tractors
0: <laughs> perhaps well i don't i i would really hope that this is not what makes the red bull so fast and i highly <laughs> yeah. doubt it is same thing with the exactly. ferrari so i i think it might have some performance like disadvantage which i think the mm-hmm. team that this benefits the most is mercedes because i think it's going to shrink that gap a little bit and then mm-hmm. then we're really going to see mercedes start fighting for wins and i think honestly that's just like It's kind of cool because Mercedes, you know, at the beginning of the season, just absolute garbage. They were not even competing for race wins. And now Mm -hmm. it feels like they could win at any race. I mean, last week with Lewis Hamilton, he was leading the race at some point. And George Russell, he's consistent as hell. If something happens in the front, he's probably going to be there to take advantage of it. And now with the performance, probably going to get a little bit closer. We will most likely see a Mercedes win at some point this season, which I am excited for because... Even though mm-hmm. we've had eight years of Mercedes dominance, I I do like seeing them at the top because you don't really you don't want to see them fall from grace that hard and not have a single race exactly. this year. And yeah. yeah,
1: I know we we talked about this in our preseason predictions or preseason discussion, right, Justin? That we said that if Mercedes did not get P one in constructors, it would be it would be a failure. It would be an extreme disappointment for them, and unfortunately, that's where they're headed. But you know, I think. At some point, they were bound to, you know, make a fundamental design flaw with their car. You know, the last set of but also, oh well, years, like they
0: won said. eight years in a row. Like exactly, no one
1: exactly. can, no one can say anything to them. Exactly. Um, I think that you know they're learning from their mistakes. They've clearly kind of made these improvements, changes upgrades, whatever you want to call them to the car that is, you know, bringing it into race winning contention. I mean, I think we can both agree there was a very strong chance Lewis Hamilton would have won his home race in Silverstone last weekend. If not for that, I guess potentially ill-timed safety car at the end and then, you know, whatever ensued afterwards, right? But regardless, I am also excited to see Mercedes hopefully win again, you know, maybe at the French GP, maybe at the Hungarian GP, somewhere down the line. I am confident they will, they'll find their pace and
0: uh, they'll be right back on the top step of that podium. Yeah, I I agree. I don't think I have anything else to add to that, so I'm not going to try to BS anything else. So, yeah. do you want to get into our next segment?
1: Actually, I do have one other update. I forgot to put this on the docs. So that's that's completely oh. on me. So, oh. sorry for I was so
0: excited. I was so excited for my trivia question. I just wanted oh. to get into it. It's oh, okay. It's okay.
1: But we'll make it quick. Um, so for those of you who are potentially, you know, scrolling on Twitter in the aftermath of what was the British Grand Prix at Silverstone this past weekend, uh, you may have seen some news that Charles Leclerc is not too happy with his boss, Mattia Binotto, and the rest of the people over in that Scuderia Ferrari garage, uh, to the point where it was reported that Charles did not go back to the team base in Marinello after the race, he went home to Monaco, he skipped the Richard Meal event, which is their race or their like wristwatch sponsor, I believe. Um, you know, and then last night, I believe he was seen having dinner with Mattia Binotto in Monaco. Um, I don't know, Justin, I mean, I know this is kind of like tabloidy speculation about what Charles Leclerc is feeling, right? Like, come up with the most clickbait title you can, I suppose. But like, where do you think Charles is right now in terms of what he's feeling with Ferrari? And unfortunately, he is signed through the 2025 season. So he does have a significant amount of time in F1 terms on his contract, but... Uh, give me your give me your thoughts. Where do you think Charles is at right now mentally?
0: I think it's probably extremely frustrating for him. This should have been his race to win, and. You know, he's been watching the past few races, just the championship slipping away. At the end, it was Verstappen v. Leclerc. That's what it's going to be the Hamilton versus Verstappen of this year. And we're going to have this great season long title race. And then within the span of like five or six races, it was like, all right, Verstappen's winning it again. And Leclerc is not Mm -hmm. even in P2 anymore. So for him, it's probably extremely frustrating that he finally has the chance to win a race and they don't pit him I don't know whether that was they called him in too late or they thought that was the best strategy which if they thought that was the best strategy I feel like any armchair expert would have been like like I feel like anyone who watches F1 for more than like 10 minutes would have been like no that's a horrible decision like so what if Lewis Hamilton stays out then like you had enough of a gap that all he would all Charles would have had in front of him was Carlos I think or you know, he wouldn't have had to make his way up the field to get back up into P1. So it was kind of a Ferrari disaster class. And I feel like they're so notorious for it that it has to be frustrating for him at this point. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like you said, he signed through 2025. Nothing is going to come. He's not going to switch teams. Because where is he going to go? Mercedes? Yeah. No. George Russell is their driver. McLaren? No. Lando Norris is their driver. Red Bull? No. Max is their driver. And why is he going to exactly. go to a non-championship contending team? Like Precisely. I think... I think Like you said, it's tabloidy stuff. He probably just went to Monaco, clear his mind. He probably wanted to get away from stuff for a bit. It's not like he's (laughs) going to Ben Simmons this and not show up in (laughs) Austria, not show up in France and be like, I'm not racing until I get the written in contract, number one seat. Carlos always has to take team orders for me. Like he, I don't blame Charles for getting upset about this. It should have been his race win. And it really feels like it was just stripped away from him. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I guess like, if we want to get kind of statistical about it, Justin, because I know you love your, uh, your baseball Shout out to those amazing stack keepers there. But there <laughs> yeah, I literally uh, tested
0: you today, man, 1894 would have been a crazy
1: year of <laughs> baseball. Yeah, um... I, I don't really understand that. Again, still getting into baseball. But there's a great account on Instagram, Justin, I don't know if you follow them, called uh, F1 Stats Guru. And they posted like this kind of explanation yesterday as to kind of like the Ferrari pit strategy disaster. And they, like their analysis is that when Charles was at the pit lane entrance, when the safety car was deployed, there was a nine-second gap between him and Carlos Sainz. Um, Sure. In the F1 world, nine seconds is considered more than enough time to double stack your cars. Um, People are also noting that Ferrari's pit box was at the end of the pit lane, meaning that the crew would have had time to bring out two sets of tires to, you know, in the event that they double stacked to put tires on Charles and then put tires on Carlos. And then you have two drivers in one two position on new soft tires. And then, Justin, one of your favorite quotes of all time from Formula One is he right behind me on new tires, probably would have ensued if Hamilton stayed out. Um, you know, I think Ferrari, they also made a mistake. They overestimated how much, or they, yeah, they overestimated how much the hards, or the they underestimated the gap between the hards and the softs. They thought it would be only half a second. It ended up being almost over a second of pace, um, which is like kind of stupid when you think about it, right? Like old hards versus new softs uh, under safety car conditions. Like, is that not something that, anyone can kind of pick up on most of all like f1 race engineers
0: like i i truly don't know maybe maybe charles was too late and they called it too late or they just didn't know what the difference in like time was going to be because i think his hards are only like 15 laps old at that point or something so like Mm -hmm. they didn't have any wear on them but then it's like how his his tires are going to take a while to get up to temperature once the race restarts And then we saw signs pass him almost immediately upon restart. And then he obviously didn't even end up on the podium. I, one of the things I wonder is like, if Hamilton saw both Ferraris going ahead of him, do you think he would have stayed out on his hards?
1: Um, I don't know. I mean, like it's again, like kind of like the, I mean, Mattia Binotto said it himself, which again is like completely stupid for him to say, but like it would have been the Abu Dhabi strategy, right? Like to keep Charles out. And like, they thought track position was important. Um, I'm gonna say like no, potentially just because like DRS did kick in after the safety car, and I feel like even on old hards, which we saw were difficult to switch back on after the safety car ended, I think Hamilton would have been at too much of a of a disadvantage. Um, to like yeah, the the Mercedes
0: actual smart pit wall probably would have realized that. (laughs) Yeah, um, I think they (laughs) one learned
1: from their mistake last year, but also two, um kind of, you know, they they did the what was best. I mean, I, and I don't think like P3 is a bad result for them considering what their car is, right? But um, no. you know. No. I th- I think it's just like a it's just a weird feeling for Charles kind of to wrap this up in a in a bow. Um, and I hope, you know, he can come back to race-winning form. I mean, he hasn't won a race in 3 months. He hasn't been on a podium in 2 months. Um, it's a it's a, it's a bit of a rough stretch for for our guy Charles Leclerc, but you know, Hopefully he's back to winning ways soon, maybe in Austria, maybe in the future, but we hope for the best, I guess. Um, one final update, and this is much shorter. I don't think there's much discussion on it. Thankfully, Zhou Guan Yu and Alex Albon both are one out of the hospital and two doing very well. Um, as far as I see on the news, media, outlets, they will both be racing in Austria this weekend. Albon was taken to the hospital for a concussion protocol. Um, you know, he was kept under observation, but he was discharged pretty quickly on Sunday night or early Monday morning. So thankfully, both of those drivers are okay. And, you know, we can continue racing uh, without any sort of horrible shadows kind of looming over the season. And I guess it's just a, a testament to the safety developments and especially the halo uh, that we have in F1 today.
0: Yeah, I... I am really, I was really surprised to hear that Zhou Guan, you didn't even go to the hospital. I was talking mm-hmm. to uh, one of my co-workers at my internship today, and we were talking about the race because he's also an F1 fan. He's like, it's pretty funny right. that Albon had to go to the hospital because like, obviously <laughs> concussion protocols, but Zhou Guan, you didn't have to. And, you know, yeah. obviously we're glad he he's okay. And that's the second like really scary incident we had this year. Obviously, the other one being Mick yeah. during qualifying in Saudi Arabia. It was very, yeah. very terrifying seeing that happen. So I'm just glad that everyone got out of it okay, and that, you know, we'll mm-hmm. see all 20 drivers on the grid in Austria this weekend.
1: Yeah, um, and I think, Justin, that is that is the end of my uh, my other updates tirade, so now I'm going to hand it over to you to get into what is, I'm sure, an extremely entertaining turn one trivia question.
0: Yes, yeah, well, I mean, now I feel like I've overhyped it, like it's, okay, I'll just no, ask I'm you. I'm excited, I mean, so, like your
1: your turn one trivia is always good.
0: Oh, yes. No, no. I still think it's good, but I feel like it's not okay. as good. as. Okay. Okay. Sure, ready? Sure, sure. So, within two feet, how tall is the Red Bull statue that lies in the middle of the Austrian track?
1: How tall is it?
0: Yes. Um, not the arch, the bull itself. From grass oh, to the top of the horn.
1: Hmm. I'm going to say a solid 75 feet. <laughs>
0: bro what
1: (laughs) wait 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 wait! i'm trying to like i've never i've only seen this from like aerial shots or like pictures of it at like like interesting angles when like yuki and pierre gassi did like a photo shoot in front of it and yuki sunoda obviously it's gonna look
0: 75 feet next to yuki Tsunoda. okay well i'm just gonna tell you okay so
1: yeah it's i'm way off how tall is it
0: yeah it's 39 feet tall which is like still very
1: yeah how tall is the arch then
0: uh whatever 17 meters to feet is i don't know like times three roughly so like 30 plus 21 so 51 feet yeah something like that okay roughly yeah
1: okay that's interesting wow okay maybe i should stop like using yuki Sonoda pictures
0: as like (laughs) okay i thought you were gonna be like amazed at how tall it was like you know when you're like guess how much this is and then like Or like, you know, when you get something for like a discount and you're like, guess how much I bought this for? And then someone says below the price you bought. So then you're like, okay well, now I feel like dumb telling you because like it's not as good (laughs) of a deal as you thought it was going to be. That's how I how I felt just now when you like nearly doubled the actual height of it. Like I thought you're going to be like, oh, my God, it's (laughs) it's 40 feet tall. That is insane. But you came in swinging with 75 feet like it was a roller like feet, coaster yeah. for small children <laughs> no,
1: but mean, it's okay is still like 40 feet is still like pretty tall justin like that is yeah but it's
0: not tall compared to 75 feet
1: no but like again that was based on my like yeah, like i don't know i'm just bad at like depth <laughs> perception i guess also like as it may or may not surprise <laughs> you i have never seen the bull in the middle of the red bull ring in person well we so. we
0: could have we could have this year um me and Sasha almost considered going to the Austrian GP this year because monetarily it would have been less dollars than going That's to true. the United States Grand Prix, which is which is pretty insane when you think about it. Obviously, we didn't do it because like I feel like the difficulty of international travel did not exactly. weren't not just spending the extra like two hundred bucks to go to Austin mm-hmm. instead, especially because it's just like probably super cool seeing a home race, and Sasha doesn't want to be surrounded by a bunch of Red Bull merchants. <laughs> but it, it was like surprisingly affordable for i feel like yeah compared to other you know grand prix at least
1: yeah i would definitely say so i mean like also I feel we'll, like we'll it's go a cool in like venue. two years yeah it's oh a cool yeah venue. there's like yeah good there's VAs. a 40 foot
0: bowl in the middle
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah not oh man it's not 75 feet damn it i don't want to go anymore <laughs> um, but no, it has like it has like good GA seating. It has like good grandstands, good places to sit. I mean, also Austria is a very cool country. I feel like, um, like the Austrian Alps. I feel like it's a very like nice picturesque, picturesque, excuse me, place to go. Um, but speaking of the Austrian Alps, Justin.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. I already turn- know. I'm not gonna turn- know this. Tr- question my turn one trivia
1: focuses on uh something you're truly very passionate about, and that is cinema. And there's a movie from the 60s called The Sound of Music that's set in Austria. So, Justin, this movie, it won one, two, three, four, five Oscars at the 1966 Academy Awards. Can you tell me which five Oscars The Sound of Music set in oh, Austria Oh, okay,
0: wait, this is actually, I thought, okay, when you said Austrian Alps, I was like, you're giving me a question about mountains? And then I was like... <laughs> I don't know anything about Austrian mountains. And then you're like, I'm passionate about it. I was like, no way. Okay. Sound of music. Okay. So it won best picture. Correct. I assume it won best original score. Um, yeah, the, the category back then was called best music,
1: scoring of music, adaption or treatment, but like best original score. Yes.
0: Okay. And then Robert Wise directed that and he probably won best director. That's true. Three. Let me think. What year was this again? Nineteen sixty. Movie is from nineteen sixty-five. The Academy Award year is nineteen sixty-six. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying. No, no. Because I'm just trying to think of like what other categories it could have won. Um, did it get b- best sound? Was sound mixing a category then? Um, I'm gonna give it to you. The category is best sound. Okay, you got to give me best sound mixing. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah so That's four and four. Did Oh, did like, did it, did it win best actress for, it did not, Julianne Julie
1: Andrews was, Julie, Julie Andrews was, Julie Andrews, Yeah, she was
0: nominated, but she did not win it. Oh, uh, okay, wait, so then what was the ad- other category that they won? The final one was, wait, was it, like best, me. was it like best, was it like best supporting?
1: No, it Actor? was also nominated for best supporting actress for Peggy Wood, but okay. it won best film editing. Oh, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I didn't, I, I was like, okay, like best picture director and then sound makes sense. Music makes sense. And I was like, editing, interesting. Um, but yeah, that's four out of five, Justin, for a movie that's nearly 60 years old. Well, like. okay,
0: so here here's my thought process going into it. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. the sound of music has stood the test of time. So I'm assuming it won best picture because like a bunch of right. movies that came out in the 60s were probably boring as hell. And if a movie is still <laughs> popular now, it must have been like crazy back then. All right. And then I was like, Robert Wise, he also did West Side Story in 1961. So I was like, okay, he's a pretty renowned director. Uh, So he definitely won best director for it because I think in like, I think it used to be like every best picture also won best director or like there was a very strong correlation between the two.
1: Oh, I see. I see. Okay. And
0: then I was like, okay, sound of music. You got to go with like the sound category. So like score and then like sound mixing. Yeah. Even though they're called different things back then.
1: Yeah, it's really funny. It's called like, there are four words in the title, the sound of music, and two of those words are Academy Awards at one for sound and music. So I feel like, yes, good pun. Um, But yeah, I mean, I feel like that was pretty good, Justin. I feel like we did. Well, I guess I did not do too well in terms of my depth
0: perception when it comes (laughs) to judging the size of things. But I'm I'm going to start making you judge the size of tons of stuff. You know, okay. Sasha. some people would really appreciate you overestimating something <laughs> by that scale. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, do you, what do you mean, Justin? What do you mean? What do you mean? Okay. Moving on to cop's corner. <laughs> Moving on to cop's corner. Um, my hot take of the weekend is that Alpine is going to pass McLaren in the standings. Now, I, saw, I know I said McLaren is maybe going to look good on this track because like they're good like at high speeds. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. There are three active drivers right now who have a streak of points five, like five races in a row. Oh, I see. That being Max Verstappen, Lewis Hamilton, and Fernando Alonso. Mm. All right. Want to know who has also been incredibly consistent this year? Esteban Ocon. Do you want to hear his like his stats? Esteban Ocon has gotten P7. He's gotten P7 three times, P6, P8. And then another P6, and then a P10, and then the three other races: Imola, uh, Monaco, and in Silverstone, he didn't score any points in. But he is incredibly consistent. And then, obviously, Fernando Alonso is on a bit of a streak after starting the year off rough. I mean, he had the P9 Mm -hmm. in Bahrain, and then went like four races in a row without any points. But then, in every race uh, since Spain, he's gotten at least P9. And uh, he oh, obviously wow. got P5 at Silverstone this weekend. So he's oh, on yeah. a hot streak. And like we've mentioned, Daniel Ricardo, I, I'm not going to talk about him too much, but he still only has two points finishes this year. So like, I'm not mm-hmm. expecting anything out of him. And like Lando Norris can't carry the weight of two people. If you have two solid finishers in the points every single week, like even if Lando Norris gets like P6, if you get Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon getting like P7 and P8 or like P8, uh, p9 and you know lando norris isn't even going to score that high every weekend alpine is going to take them over so it is going to be up to daniel Ricciardo to prevent that from happening but i i don't think it's going to and so my you know i don't know if it's even that hot of a take but it's that alpine will pass mclaren this weekend yeah i
1: mean it's uh it's it's kind of looking grim justin this is race number 11 of 22 that we're about to get into so just about to complete fifty fifty percent of the season. Uh, it's crazy to say that, right? That you know we're we're done fifty percent of the season already, or just about fifty percent of the season. But you know it's it's been a rough look for Daniel Ricciardo this year. I know he is a fan favorite. I think you know, and I think we we also agree, right? Like he's a he's a very like engaging personality when it comes to the media, when it comes to content, when it comes to engaging with the fans. And there's nothing wrong with that, but when your teammate is consistently outscoring you, outperforming you. Is the only driver not in a Mercedes, Ferrari, or Red Bull to have a podium finish this year? Um, you know, some questions do need to be asked for someone of his capability and his talent level, I feel. But again, we've, we've had enough discussions about that. I, again, I also do agree to some extent, and we will discuss it in our pre-race predictions also, um, as to how some of these midfield teams will perform. But my cop corner, cope corner, cops corner, is that, Justin, I am officially, officially solidifying my Doomer stance. Red Bull have officially put their stamp of approval, their acceptance letter in the mail. They are the driver and constructor double champion this year.
0: You're hot. You're hot. Wait, no, no, pause. You're hot. We have a segment called Cops Corner. Well, Cope Corner. It's a play on Cops Corner. You know this. You created the segment. (laughs) where we give hot takes, and your hot take is that the team that is leading by like 80 points is going to win the World Constructor Championship, and the team that has drivers in P1 and P2 in the WDC is going to win the WDC is taking you back to the first few races of the season when I called every single one of your takes lukewarm. This isn't even a lukewarm take. This is no, like, see, Justin... you put something in the microwave for like 10 seconds and then let it sit there for like <laughs> 45. Like, no, but this...
1: here, here's my you, thing, right? G- is that give like... me a
0: hot take, dude. But see, my, my logic behind
1: this, right, is that like, in the beginning of the season, like, you couldn't really say this kind of thing, right?
0: Because like, Yeah, obviously, before everyone started scoring points and before Red Bull was 80 points ahead. Yes, and I think that, but, like, some people,
1: I feel like, and maybe this is my, like, social media-obsessed self, right? Like, my, as you put it, like, chronically internet-obsessed self is, like, I see people on the internet talking that, like, oh, Ferrari still have a chance or, like, this or that. And, like, mathematically, yeah, they do, but, like, this is, like, in the Premier League, Justin, or, like, maybe in baseball, right? Like... Justin, I'm sure there's a team right now that's not, like, mathematically eliminated from the playoffs in the, in, in Major League Baseball. No, but, like, yeah, no
0: one's mathematically eliminated but until, you, like, but you way know. later.
1: But, like, Justin, who are the worst team? Like, the Kansas City Royals, I think you told me once. Are they the worst team? Uh, yeah, r-
0: right right now they're the worst team. Right.
1: D- like, come on. Do you think they're going to do anything? Like,
0: this is about Okay, but I, I wouldn't equate Ferrari to the Kansas City Royals. <sighs> okay. I, Ferrari's still in P2. I just feel like the gap is
1: truly and incredibly insurmountable at this point like will they wow. win races will ferrari win races yes but i do not give ferrari a single chance to win either one of these titles this year i think it is it is over closed book 10 races and it's over i think book the most it. damning kind of you know indication of what ferrari are justin is that on a weekend where championship leader Max Verstappen had to settle for P7 due to an Alphatari sabotage inside job? Um, Charles Leclerc, his closest title rival—title rival, excuse me—not named Sergio Perez only managed P4. Um, and while that's not an indication of Charles' driving capability, it is an indication of Ferrari's ability to win and be clutch and perform under pressure, which clearly they do not have. And They've run out of room. We said, Justin, I think it was a few weeks ago, they have to be perfect from here on out. And there was little to no room then. There is no room anymore. Red Bull, they're running away with it. They have been running away with it. They will continue to run away with it. And that is kind of my my
0: logic behind it. <sighs> okay, sure. I'll I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. I'll come I come up with you, a burning you've, hot take you've, in two weeks you've for, CEO, for, for, for You've given me claim. You've given me evidence. <laughs> you've given me reasoning. It, it's a good. I do my best. Yeah, I'll I'll give it to you. But we can now move on to our pre-race predictions. Mm-hmm. Who is your poll sitter and who is your race winner? Do we do we even want to do we even want to pretend that we right, have Justin, like? Do we even want to pretend here, <laughs> Justin? I'm going to ask you a very simple
1: question. Is your answer for both of these questions an individual whose, whose name starts with M and ends with Axe Verstappen? And whose name starts
0: with M and ends with V1? Yes. <laughs> yes, precisely. Yeah, like like we were saying earlier, it's just I don't really think there's a chance for any of the other teams. And exactly. obviously, this being basically a home race for Max, there's just really mm-hmm. no one else that even has a remote chance, even with like yeah. the most stellar laps and you know, maybe Checo just has some random good day. But like you said, Nigel Mansell said two to three tenths from the home crowd. And Max is already a killer at this track, even when he doesn't have the best car. So exactly. I I, I really don't see anyone else even even coming close. Yeah, there's
1: there's nothing more I can say to that. That's about that's about what it is, right? Like Max is going to do his thing. I don't see anyone else's car like truly, truly contending here. Um, you know, outside of like an unfortunate DNF for for a Red Bull, right? Like that's that's pretty much what it what it will boil down to for another team having to win this race. But moving on from that, Justin, this is Red Bull's home race um, back in Austria, Red Bull Ring. There are four cars who use the Red Bull powertrain's engine, or well, I guess two cars, four drivers. Um, do you think all four of those cars will finish the race this weekend?
0: Oh, finish the race I in, in the notes. Oh, oh I'm a sorry. I'm sorry. Yes,
1: yes. That's what I mean. Will all four Red Bull Power trains, powered cars finish in the points this weekend?
0: No, I I think both Red Bulls will, obviously, unless barring one of them breaking down. And I guess maybe that could be a good reason to say yes. Like you just rely on one of them breaking down. But also, I don't think the Alpha is that good in general. There's a reason they're mm-hmm. what P8 in the constructors right now. Yeah, P7 in the constructors right now. Because it's Williams, uh, then, then Aston Martin, then Haas, then yes, AlphaTauri yes, and yeah, P7. Yes, but yeah. still, um, I don't think Yuki Tsunoda or Pierre, and well, I think one of them will make it into the points. But I, right. I'm gonna say that your boy Pierre Gasly is is gonna come just short, and yeah. Yuki Tsunoda will finish in the points. But okay, Pierre Gasly won't. But yeah, no, my my overlying prediction is that no, not all four Red Bull Powertrain team uh, cars will finish in the points. Yeah, um,
1: I'm going to go the other way, Justin. I think they will. Um, And maybe this is me throwing away some points um, for what is... We we do just need to have
0: some diversity, you know?
1: Yeah, um, but even aside from that, right? Like, last weekend, I think we can say was categorically a disaster for Alphatari. You know, your two drivers collide into each other, one of them DNFs. Uh, The other one finishes, I believe, last out of all the cars that finished. Um, so hopefully this is kind of like a bounce back weekend for AlphaTauri. I hope it is. I hope they perform very well. I mean, I would say Yuki has shown flashes of improvement. We know what Pierre Gasly is at his most capable. I mean, clearly the AlphaTauri has like lower half of the points finishing capability. I'm hoping to see more of that this weekend. I know obviously 10 spots isn't a lot. I hope the AlfaTari can steal more. And like you said, the the two Red Bull racing cars are, uh, I would say a shoe in kind of for, for even like top five points. Right. Like I don't think that's really even in question.
0: Yeah, yeah. I,
1: yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, you go ahead. No. Yeah. I didn't have anything to add. I was about to ask the, the final question since I oh, already yes. kind of alluded to it earlier and mm-hmm. you, I, I didn't read. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't read the show notes before we even started. <laughs> so sorry that I made this my like hot take. but you, you put Alpine is currently six points below McLaren for P4 and the WCC standings. Will they either, will they equalize or pass them this weekend? And I obviously already said, yes, they will either equalize or pass them. I don't think Daniel Ricardo is going to make up that much ground. He's just been bad in sheer pace all year. Like I mentioned, we just have pure consistency from the Alpines. I mean, Fernando Alonso, mm-hmm. the only driver that's not named Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen to be on a five-race point streak. Esteban Ocon, he's basically <laughs> getting P6, P7, P8 every single race. Mm-hmm, I think it's going right. to be enough this weekend unless McLaren is just really, really good on their straights compared to Alpine, but I, I do think that they will either equalize or pass.
1: Yeah, I'm going to agree, Justin. I mean, I think <laughs> we know that the point-scoring uh weight burden whatever word you want to use for it has sat with lando norris for a long long time now this season um unfortunately i don't really see him outperforming both alpines by that much where he can make up a six point differential without support from his from his teammate i don't think daniel ricardo is going to be in the points um you know it's just been a rough stretch for him and I, i i see that continuing like you said Fernando Alonso, um only driver not named Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton to be on a 5 what was it 5 race point streak, like 5 yeah. races in a row of points. Um I see that continuing Fernando Alonso, two-time world champion, proven experience, knows how to handle himself, Alcon, you know, all consistency like he knows we know what he's all about. Um are they going to podium? Are they going to be like P4, P5 or something like that? Absolutely not. But um when it comes to just scoring Solid midfield results. I I I don't see anything wrong with the Alpines. I think they're going to have a strong weekend here in Austria, and I do think that going into Paul Ricard, which is their home race, actually, um, you know, we will see a uh, uh, McLaren, or McLaren in P5 and P5 in the constructors, and Alpine kind of you know taking that position in P4 from them and going into their home race with what I think will be a very very big boost of confidence. And even though they won't be pushing for P3 at any point, I don't think this year. Um, you know, obviously, just good in terms of you know the monetary reward that P
0: four brings for those midfield constructors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I kind of hope it happens just because like I want <laughs> McLaren to be kind of knocked off that that throne of just better than the rest of the midfield, mm-hmm. but not good enough to compete with the top team. So hopefully, Alpine really likes a fire under them because oh right. man, could you imagine the Daniel like I feel like Twitter will finally have to accept that Daniel Ricardo is a problem. For this team, if Alpine uh, surpasses them in the standing. So uh, I, I think it'll be a very interesting weekend. Obviously, we have the sprint, which will also yep. contribute some more points to exactly. Um, oh, just for clarification for that one, like Red Bull powertrain question. We're only talking about the feature race, right?
1: Yeah, 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 we're we're not talking, I mean the, the official Grand Prix on Sunday. Um, okay, like, just making sure. I, yeah, 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 but but for the All-P and outscoring McLaren, that includes points from all across the week. Yeah,
0: just overall after the weekend ends.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
0: Alright, well, I don't think I have anything more to add. I'm super excited for Me this neither. weekend, like I said. Favorite track oh, yes. on the calendar, just because I know it so well, and because I personally race it so often on the F1 game, which... By the way, for anyone wondering, I am about five tenths quicker than Sashwat as of two days ago on that track. <laughs> we were much closer, but now I'm just like, I'm so clear of him. He's so garbage. Yeah,
1: um, I need to I need to get started on setting some <laughs> time laps, like like one of those nights where I just sit for like two hours and I just bang out like 20, 30 laps in Austria and uh, you know, finally knock down one of your times or at least like shrink the gap from you know, five tenths to maybe like two tenths. I would hope. I mean, like I've done some trials and I can like find like I don't know. Justin, have you found like a good way to take turn one? Because like sometimes I accidentally. Yeah, take no turn you one you really have to well. run
0: it. You have to run it way more wide than like you yeah. would initially.
1: Yeah, I'm just worried because like the track limits are so strict and they are strict in real life. So I, I don't blame them for keeping them like that, but yeah, maybe, maybe a nice little thing to revisit over the weekend. Maybe, maybe I'll make that my challenge for this weekend is to, I'm,
0: uh, get closer. I'm, to I'm time. trying to get a sub one Oh four before qualifying. So we'll see how that goes, ah, but I don't know okay. how I'm going to shave off these last three tents. So Sounds it'll, good. it'll be, a, it'll be a monumental lap if I can do it. Amazing. But, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll
1: come back on Sunday during the checkered flag and we'll compare our times again. And, uh, See if I was able to come any <laughs> closer. See if you were able to get uh, perhaps maybe Max Verstappen's 2021 quality time of a 7, um Oh, definitely maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm sure there's someone
1: like Yarno Opmir at like a one minute flat or something. I don't know. I'm sure he's... Like, I think I think the time.
0: highest, the best time on the leaderboards is like a 102 something.
1: Oh, okay. So it's which not is, like...
0: Which is yeah, still like yeah.
1: a significant amount of time away from where we are, but, you know, even still. Oh,
0: yeah, dude. Two seconds. Pff,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly but uh but i don't know yeah you're where i think we're good to round it out justin
0: yeah as always thank you for listening this is going to be a super dope weekend i think having <laughs> sprint races are fun sometimes not all the time and having quality on friday is also pretty fun especially if you're working and then you can kind of just have it on in the background and enjoy okay. it as it's happening Precisely. but Please follow us on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at F1on1Pod. Rate us five stars wherever you listen to us on your platform. And we will see you guys again on Sunday. Peace. Have a good one, guys.